Hello, my rebels. I hope you saw my show or heard my podcast yesterday when I took a hidden camera into a police interrogation of me. That was quite something. Today, I talk about a less secret but equally ominous move to censor the Internet. Trudeau's hand-picked digital media com- uh, panel reported yesterday, and they want to set up a media registry with codes of conduct. Yeah, that sounds like a disaster. Um, you can see the video version of my podcast by going to premium.rebelnews.com and signing up. It's eight bucks a month. You get my daily video, which is a video version of this podcast, and you get access to Sheila Gunn-Reed's show and David Menzies' show. All right, that's premium.rebelnews.com. Here's today's podcast. Tonight, the Liberals propose a new government registry for the media. It's January 30th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. Hello, and thanks for your patience yesterday. We were a little bit late in uploading our show because we were literally working on it until 8 p.m. Eastern time. Normally, we're done hours earlier, but I hope you liked it. If you missed it, please go back and watch it. It probably is the most important video we've ever made at Rebel News. I think it's riveting and even in some parts entertaining. I'm involved in it. I'm being interrogated by two cops. Of course, I'm interested in it. But the reason it's important is that it shows the absolute state of freedom in Canada today. Two senior cops working for the federal government interrogating an author about a book that criticized the prime minister. It's shocking, but it happened. And it wasn't a slip of a tongue or a misinterpretation or a gaffe. For 55 solid minutes, they asked me questions in 10 different ways, all about one thing. How dare I write a book criticizing Justin Trudeau in an election? They were fine with all the pro-Trudeau books out there, just not the anti-Trudeau book. I got, I got a question for you. I've answered a few of your questions now. Have you investigated any of the other authors who published books about Trudeau at the exact same time as me. Have you invested John, investigated John Iveson's book or Aaron Wary's book? There's over 24 books that were published around that period. You haven't answered my question. Have you investigated John Iveson or Aaron Wary's books? I haven't. Have you? I haven't. Yeah, is anyone in your office investigating any other books about Justin Trudeau or just the book that's critical of him? <laughs> it's insane that I was interrogated about a book I wrote. I mean, that's enough right there to call this a five alarm fire for freedom in Canada, but the fact that they simply refused to even show me the complaint or tell me who made the complaint, that's right out of Orwell. Uh, can I see the complaint against me? The letter that you received? No. I presume that you're investigating oh, based complaint. on a complaint. Yeah. Oh, this is still part of the investigation, so we'll have to, uh, once the investigation's been uh, completed, um, the commission will have to make a decision, and at that point, she'll have to decide if, if that is releasable or not. It's not so something that's usually is released, no. So it's a secret complaint? It's not a secret complaint. It's just a complaint that's part of the investigation. And to, to, to keep the integrity of the investigation right now, uh, you'll understand that we can't share everything that we have. As we oh, I don't want everything that you had. I just, if I'm here to meet 
a complaint, but you won't show me the complaint, how can I possibly meet the complaint? How can I possibly respond to something that you won't show me? Well, though, I think the letter was quite clear on what we're, what the infraction is, is alleged. And uh, this is what we want to clarify with you. Well, did you generate the complaint or was it from an outside party? No, we didn't generate the complaint. The okay, so someone did not generate the complaint. So someone external to your office generated the complaint? That is usually the case. Is that the case in this case? Yeah. Yeah, we did not generate the complaint. Okay, was it the Liberal Party that generated the we complaint? Can't go into that, sir. So you won't tell me who the complaint is? Who the complainant is? That's a secret? Yeah, no, no, not at this point. So at what point do you tell me who the, the secret commissioner is? The commissioner is the ultimate uh, responsible person for, uh, for the investigation and, and how this uh, is so, decided. So. so how do I know what I've what conduct has been complained about if you won't tell me? You know, I tried to make some jokes because the whole thing was so absurd. My name is Paul Couture, spelled C-O-U-T-U-R-E. I will ask my colleague to please identify himself for the recording. My name is Tim Mackin. And sir, could you, uh, just for recording, uh, advise who you are? Well, it's a secret. I, I don't know if I can tell you that secret. Just for the recording, we have with us Mr. Levant, who registered at the front office. I, uh, I saw when he registered, so. Yeah, says you. I mean, look, that's funny, but it's not going to save me from a prosecution. These guys were dead serious. I won't play anymore now. If you missed it, please go back and watch it, either on our premium channel, or we also put the whole thing on YouTube. And it's had about a quarter million views in less than 24 hours, so you know people are mad about this. Good. So, so that's what's actually happening right now under the laws we have right now. But what about new laws yet to come? Well, yesterday, Trudeau's hand-picked committee unveiled a report on regulating the Internet. They call it Canada's Communications Future, Time to Act. Really? I don't think it's time to act. I don't need the government to act. I can buy a cell phone for myself. I can choose what shows I want to stream online by myself, Netflix or whatever. I like Rebel News myself. I can make those choices and I can pay for them myself. Time to act? Who on earth is asking the government to act? Is that what you even think of when you think of what you want to watch? Other than the one thing I'd like them to act on is to stop China's government from colonizing our internet and cell phones through their Trojan horse company called Huawei. That's the one thing they refuse to act on. And that's the thing. There are 37 million Canadians who would probably want the freedom to choose and decide for ourselves, but there's a few thousand people who live off the public teats, CBC reporters, media companies getting the bailout, industry insiders, lots of lawyers, I bet. And that's exactly who was on this hand-picked panel. It was an inside job. It's a way for vested interests to keep their cash and their power. Now, most of this report is about how the government can shower money on its friends, wring money out of its enemies, that sort of thing. So it's really just grifting subsidy seekers. I don't know, like solar power companies, they live and die by subsidies. Actual consumers aren't really important in the discussion. So it's a lobbyist's feast. But what about political control? Because that's what really animates Trudeau's people now. You saw that in their interrogation of me under the current laws. 
And as we've shown you before, Trudeau's number two priority in his mandate letter to his heritage minister is to find new ways to censor the internet that bypass any neutral hearing. How to censor the internet in 24 hours or less. That is literally his job description. So bad things to come. Trudeau almost lost the election. He lost his majority. He controls what? 95, 99% of the media through his various schemes, the CBC payment, the newspaper bailout, but people are stubborn and they want what they want and they get it where they like to get it, like from us. I saw that the head of Global News yesterday was really excited to announce that they were about to get one million YouTube subscribers. So proud. And one of his minions said they would be the first private company to reach that milestone. Yeah, no, guys, uh, we're at 1.29 million YouTube subscribers and growing every day. My point is Canadians don't just want the official liberal version. They want the other side of the story by the million. And that's irritating Trudeau and his friends. Why don't we just take the bailout? Why don't we just shut up and do like the CBC does and frankly like Global News does? Well, enter Trudeau's panel. I downloaded their report and I did a word search. The word regulate appears 54 times in their report. 54, of course it did. Like this. We recommend that the CRTC regulate certain internet media content undertakings. Oh, really? Really? Of course you do. Let me give you an example of one of their proposals. In an increasingly connected society, an appropriate balance should be struck between maintaining a free and open space for the exchange of ideas and information, respecting and protecting individual and collective rights and freedoms, and not further marginalizing Canadians from diverse social locations at the core of the challenges posed by harmful content is the question of the rights and responsibilities of digital intermediaries for the accuracy or appropriateness of information that is distributed on or shared via their platforms and any related social harms that may be caused? Hang on, I mean, I, I know the Charter of Rights. It has a section called Fundamental Freedoms, and it says everyone has the following fundamental freedoms. It's granted to me as an individual, freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom of thought, etc. But now my personal, individual fundamental freedoms, which are ancient, they go back centuries, even millennia by custom, they're now to be balanced against collective rights and diverse social places, by people who don't want to be marginalized. What does that even mean? I felt pretty marginalized by Trudeau's cops the other day, but I'm guessing that's not what they mean. Social harm. I didn't see that part in the Charter of Rights. That's just a way of saying, you know, whatever Trudeau doesn't like, you know, like the oil sands or Albertans or whatever. So how are they going to do this? How are they going to re regulate the internet? Well, they want the government to decide. A strong, financially stable and independent news sector that delivers diverse, accurate, trusted, and reliable sources of news to Canadians through a variety of media is essential to the health of democracy and to an engaged citizenry. It is also necessary to counter the spread of misinformation facilitated by communications technologies. This section focuses on ensuring that Canadians have access to a wide range of accurate, reliable, and trusted sources of Canadian news. Now, you know, I don't disagree with those ideas as written. Who doesn't want a strong news sector with diverse points of view, trustworthy, reliable, to counter misinformation? Yeah, check, 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 absolutely. 
but any two people will have two exactly opposite points of view on that. I believe the CBC is full of left-wing disinformation, propaganda. I believe it is not diverse. I believe it is not trustworthy. Angus Reid's latest poll suggests a lot of people agree with me. But the CBC sure thinks they're honest and that I'm full of it. They think they're right. They think the world is about to die from global warming and only Saint Greta will save us. They think that Donald Trump is a Russian spy. They're certain of their truth. My point is, who is telling the truth and who is lying and everything in between? Well, that's ours as individuals to figure out. It's part of life. But this Trudeau handpicked panel wants to make determinations for you by using the government. Here's one part that I found scary. We recommend that the Broadcasting Act be amended to ensure that the CRTC, that's the government regulator, can, by regulation, condition of license, or conditions of, of registration, impose codes of conduct. Really? Now, I have a code of conduct. It's called the criminal code. Don't break the law, Ezra. Don't commit a crime. I have the Constitution, which is sort of a, con a code of conduct for how I relate to the government. Stay out of my way. When I was a lawyer, I had a professional code of conduct, as do engineers and doctors and the like, but journalism, that's what I do now. A code of conduct for news reporting on the internet, for opinions. I report news, I also give opinions. Is there a code of conduct for opinions? Yeah, no, that would only mean censorship and government control. And the thing about journalism, even though journalists are generally as a class pompous and arrogant, there is no actual qualification or license to be a journalist. It's just something you do by doing it. How do you know if someone's a journalist? If they start doing journalism, if they start reporting something or giving an opinion, anyone can cook. You don't need to go to chef's school to cook. It might make you a better chef, a uh, better cook if you go to a chef's school. Maybe not, though. Uh, but you can't say to other people, no, you're not allowed to boil an egg or make toast without our code of conduct. This is a huge but vague document, by the way, this report, which I have learned is how governments best like to operate. They like vagueness since they can fill in the details later in secret, in smoky back rooms with their friends in private, carving up the taxpayer turkey. Like the other day when we learned that Trudeau spent $131,000 fighting us, the rebel, and True North in court when we won the right to report on the leaders' debates. Remember that in October? Now, we spent $18,000 on our two lawyers, which I thought was a lot of money. I mean, they earned it. They, they worked hard for it. So we spent eighteen grand. But the government's five lawyers cost $131,000. I just found that out yesterday. I was surprised that information was actually even made public. I'm shocked, but I'm not really surprised. Five lawyers billed 131 grand to taxpayers for two days' work. That's just crazy. Do you see what I mean? That's the kind of barnacle that's going to leech on to this plan. That's, well, extrapolate that for the entire media internet report. Imagine every grifter, every schemer, every scammer, every lobbyist. They're going to come for handouts, of course, but mainly for regulations to empower themselves and undermine their rivals. And Justin Trudeau? Well, let's put it this way. Troy Reeb of Global News will continue to get what he wants as long as he's a good boy and asks gentle questions of Justin Trudeau. Rebel News? Well, I think we can expect a lot more of this. Was it the Liberal Party that generated the complaint? Can't go into that, sir. So you won't tell me who the complaint is? Who the complainant is? That's a secret? Yeah, no, no not at this point. So at what point do you tell me who this is? The commissioner is, is the, the ultimate uh, 
responsible person for uh, for the investigation and, and how this uh, is so, decided. So. so how do I know what I've what conduct has been complained about if you won't tell me? Yeah, I think we're in for a few more battles, my friends. Stay with us for more. That was a CBC show called Tout le monde en parle, obviously in Quebec. They had a disco ball, they had music, they had glasses of champagne and they had applause for a convicted <laughs> war criminal and murderer named Omar Khadr. That's the CBC. If that wasn't low enough, the CBC is now proudly hosting Omar Khadr on a campus tour. In fact, in uh, less than two weeks, he'll be starting his tour in Halifax, Nova Scotia. I'll be there to report on the event, and so will our next guest, our old friend Andrew Lawton, who joins us now via Skype. Andrew, great to see you again. I love reporting on things with you, because it's nice to have an ally. Tell me about your plans for going to Halifax to cover this Omar Khadr speech. Well, I know it sounds like it's a, a very low bar, but frankly, I think it's important to be in the room to write and report on what's happening in the full context of, of who and, and what Omar Khadr is. And I think that for someone who, as a matter of fact, not a matter, a matter of opinion, but as a matter of fact and a matter of law, is a convicted terrorist and murderer, the red carpet treatment Omar Khadr's gotten in Canada by the media and by a lot of activists, certainly those on academic uh, campuses and institutions, is absolutely insane by any standard of where the reasonable questions are, the conversations that need, that need to be happening. So I'm going to be in the room reporting on what's happening fairly, and if there are opportunities to address, whether it's a, a scrum or, or interview opportunities, I'll take those. Because Omar Khadr, for all of the very select opportunities he's given, such as a one-on-one -on -one with the Toronto Star, a little scrum in his lawyer's driveway, he's never actually had an interview where the real questions have been asked. Yeah, you're so right. There's so many questions. I wonder if they'll allow questions to be put to him directly or if they'll do that thing where write it on a card and it'll go to the CBC host and she'll throw out the one she doesn't like. I suspect they have an agreement where they shield this terrorist from scrutiny, but of course, you wouldn't expect anything other from the CBC. They literally threw him a champagne party. They're not going to let him be asked tough questions. Um, now, let me ask you this. I follow, as you do too, uh, free speech on campus. And I always see an instance of a conservative or a pro-life club or something like that, a Christian club, being shut down, being banned. Uh, recently, a Jewish club was banned from York University and then reinstated. It's hard sometimes to speak on campus if you're conservative. Um, you have to pay security fees, etc. Halifax, Dalhousie University, one of the most prestigious universities in the country, is rolling out the red carpet for this murderer while they crack down on free speech for 
loyal Canadian citizens. What does that say about the state of universities today? It is funny, the double standard you see here. Now, I'm not someone who wants to de-platform Omar Khadr. I, I challenge and question the integrity and motivations of, of those who want to put an event like this together, but I'm not suggesting people pull the fire alarm. I'm not suggesting people demand it be cancelled. But it is fascinating that all of the people in response to criticism from people like us are saying, oh, but what about free speech, are the same people that would be the first to say, oh, Jordan Peterson shouldn't be allowed because he violent. This yeah. is what they say conservative ideas yeah. are, violent. Yeah. But with Omar Khadr, oh, literal violence, a literal yeah. conviction of violence yeah. is something that we turn a blind eye to and, and celebrate him. Mm. And I would add as well, this is not a situation where some student group on campus has rented a room and has decided to invite Omar Khadr. Dalhousie itself, the school itself, is one of the organizers of this, alongside the Romeo Dallaire Child Soldiers Initiative. Mm -hmm. And I asked both organizations, Dalhousie and Romeo Dallaire's foundation, if Omar Cotter's receiving any sort of speaking fee or honorarium, mm -hmm. and neither responded, no answer whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And further to that point, I went through the process to get my tickets and everything like that. I, I'm good to go to the event. And the email that I got, the confirmation email, came from a Dalhousie uh, administrator. Ah. So it is the school very much right. that's taking the lead on this. And right. if I were a taxpaying uh, a Nova Scotian or a student who's paying tuition at Dalhousie, I'd be wanting answers from my administration on this. Yeah, of course, Halifax is a Navy city. It's a Canadian forces town in many ways. And they're taking money paid in taxes by those sailors and soldiers and giving it to a, a terrorist. Um, I've had some logistic questions in my mind, too, because, of course, there's something called a no-fly list. If you're a terrorist or suspected of terror, you're not allowed to fly. Omar Khadr allegedly lives in Edmonton. Dalhousie's very far away. I suppose, theoretically, he could have driven. I don't believe he did. I wonder how he got there. You're asking good questions about did he get paid. Um, did he get a private jet to take him from Edmonton to Halifax, because however politically correct a company is, I don't believe WestJet or Air Canada would let a terrorist on the plane. I just don't think they have political wiggle room for the no-fly list. And Omar Khadr, as a Guantanamo Bay terrorist, would be on the no-fly list for commercial airline. I don't even know if he's allowed to fly private, frankly. Um, these seem like questions that a journalist would be curious about, but we see no such curiosity from the CBC or the Toronto Star. They're just his PR men. Well, and there is something particularly insidious in all of this, that CBC is playing the role of moderator at this event. And I want to make it clear here, if you believe in journalistic ethics and journalistic standards, you cannot be a part of an event that is the type of issue you'd be covering. Mm -hmm. So CBC, which presumably has covered Omar Khadr in its view fairly, is now in a role that is there to celebrate him. The moderator right. is there to extol his story and hold right. him up as an example right. in this. And that is not at all what uh, a reporter who's supposed to be reporting transparently on this should be doing. So I wonder if there's a, a violation of CBC's own journalistic standards well, in being at an event like this. Yeah, but those standards, they, 
they don't mean them. Yeah, that's a great point. If this was a debate and he was on one side of it, because there is a debate about Omar Khadr. And by the way, if all you did was listen to the media party, you would think Omar Khadr is universally loved. But as we saw when Trudeau gave him $10.5 million in a public apology, he's despised by everyone except the fancy people. So there is a div uh, obviously a divergence on do people like this murderer or not. So I could see a reporter moderating a debate, is terrorism good or bad? But to actually chair and champion, let's have this gala event for a convicted terrorist, that's super gross, but really no much more gross than that champagne party they threw for him at Tulemon on Parle. Yeah, and that was the, his first real public appearance in a way. This is the first one that's actually open to the public. I mean, that appearance on Toulamond on Parle was in front of an audience, but it was very much a, a closed audience. So he has had very selective exposure, as I mentioned earlier. And what's interesting, you may remember, when he was first released from custody and he had that impromptu scrum in Dennis Edney's driveway, there was a, a line from that that I believe you actually reported on when it first happened, where the lawyer had said, if anyone asks any questions we don't like, we're, we're going inside mm -hmm. and, and we're ending this now. And there has been no real opportunity for people to sit down and have a frank discussion and say, okay, but are you renouncing your family that put you in this situation, you say? Are you renouncing the values and ideas that uh, radicals express? Are you denouncing Al-Qaeda? All of these questions that I, I think are very legitimate. And if he were just to say, I want to live a normal life, which he did on Toulamont en Parle, why do this victim tour, which yeah. is the best way I can think of to describe it? If he wants to live a normal life, reintegrate, adopt uh, the values of people in Canada, then that's fine. You can do that quietly. But to get up on a stage in this capacity is a very different story that's yeah. being told. You know, um, I want to show you a quick clip. Um, I mean, I wrote a book about Omar Khadr years ago called The Enemy Within, Terrorize the Whitewashing of Omar Khadr. Um, I was trying to make the case why Canada could keep him out. That didn't work, obviously. Uh, we've covered it. You've covered it. I want to show you when our reporter, Kean Bexty, uh, encountered Omar Khadr and his lawyer, I think it was at an Edmonton courthouse. And Kean, I think, Andrew, was the first reporter ever to put a question to Cotter's lawyer and call Cotter a terrorist. And the report, the, the lawyer was shocked because in all the years Cotter's been here, in all the hundreds of media questions, no reporters actually called him a terrorist. And the lawyer was stunned. Here, take a look at this. Even if he gets a passport, which airline in Canada will take him to Saudi Arabia? You'd have to ask some Canadian airlines. I doubt that they'd want to take a terrorist across the sea to Saudi Arabia. Oh, I see. The, the, the laughing on his face and the smirk on Cotter's face, they had never heard that basic fact put to them. And they were laughing because they knew it was true. And oh, oh rebel news. I mean, that right there says so much about our legal system, our judicial system, our media, everything. I, I'm so glad you're going out to Halifax, and I'll be there too, and I, I hope others, but I think that you and I will be pretty lonely there asking the questions we can. Now, is there a way to help get you there? Do you have a crowdfund to help get your plane ticket? I, I think I saw something to that effect. 
Yeah, we do, and I appreciate that. If you go to andrewlawtonshow.com, in the bottom right corner of the page, there's a, a link to donate, and we appreciate very much the support. Like I said, and I know you've said as well, we're not getting that $600 million media fund, so uh, the people that support the work that we're doing are the ones we rely on to do this. Yeah, well, you know me. I'm a super fan of yours, and I'm so proud uh, that you've got the Andrew Lawton Show up and running. I can see you in your studio there, and mazel tov. Uh, give us a quick word about that before we let you go. How often is the show? Remind us when it is, where we can find it, stuff like that. Yeah, it's twice a week for now. We're getting the kinks worked out, and we'll probably add another edition later on. But it's also at andrewlawtonshow.com. You can watch it on YouTube, and there's also links to subscribe in whatever podcast form you like, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Google Play. So obviously uh, there is more room for uh, us in this world, uh, given how few of us there are that talk about these issues. So I appreciate uh, people can subscribe to mine right alongside yours. Well, and I absolutely recommend it. Um, I agree with you. There is such a need for the other side of the story. Rebel is not big enough. There's not enough of us. So you and your friends at True North, Candace Malcolm and others, we love you and what you're doing. And I consider you guys allies and friends. And you and I have worked together in various uh, interesting places on free speech issues. So um, I know I'll see you out there. And I feel like we're creating sort of an alternative press gallery of independent thinking journalists that aren't on the media bailout fund. And I'm impressed with some of the things the Post Millennial is doing. There's that fella in Winnipeg, Spencer Fernando. So I see little green shoots of hope out there. And uh, you guys are, are definitely one of them. So congratulations on the renewal of the show. That's appreciated and very much reciprocated, Ezra. Thank you. Right on, my friend. All right, you take care. Keep fighting for, for the good stuff. Uh, uh, you're one of the best, and it's great to have you on our show. Thank you. There you have it, our friend Andrew Lawton. You heard his details about the Andrew Lawton show. And uh, I'm so glad he'll be out there at Dalhousie. I'll be going out there too. And it'll be interesting to see how they run defense for Cotter. I'm sure they will. All right, stay with us. More ahead on the road. Welcome back on my show yesterday about Elections Canada interrogating me over my book, The Lebranos. Greg writes, wow, great video. I'm glad you recorded it. No one would have ever believed you. It's a little scary. Yeah, I mean, it's a natural thing. If you hear someone tell a tall tale, especially if they're the hero or the victim in it and someone else is the villain, you're skeptical. It's human nature. You want to hear the other side of the story, and then it's a he said, she said thing. Well, that video sort of proves the truth of it, don't you think? That's why they said, don't video it. Allison writes, thank you for fighting for Canada. Your interrogation video was eerily similar to the Chinese interrogation video of the man strapped to the chair, except in your case, you were fearless in your defense of our freedoms. Well, it's nice of you to say, and I'm glad you remember that terrifying chair. Um, that's the thing. It was true. The door was unlocked, I assume, and I could have left if I wanted to, I assume. So we're not quite as bad, but it was just as bizarre. In honesty, though, I think I interrogated them as much as they interrogated me. Lou writes, you did well in recording that sham interview. You have good lawyers and the fight is a good one. Freedom of speech and freedom of the press. Consider writing another book about this liberal government, Witch Hunt. Their actions prove the Lebrano's thesis. Trudeau and the liberals are corrupt. You know, it's, it, that's exactly right. Uh, it, the book, remember the book, The Lebranos, that started this whole thing, allegedly. 
what the media party won't tell you about Justin Trudeau's corruption, that's the sub-headline, hasn't this sort of proved everything we said in the book? And I should tell you that yesterday, my book was, I think it was ranked 1,200 on the bestsellers list. Amazon.ca ranks every book. So, I mean, you can even find what book is ranked like 100,000. So yesterday, the Lebranos was at like, I think it was 1,209 to be precise. I checked this afternoon. I know it sounds crazy, but the Lebranos is number one on the Amazon.ca Canadian bestseller list. It went to number one. And that's human nature because everyone wants to know what Justin Trudeau won't let them see. Isn't that ironic? That's our show for today. I will have more from that interrogation in the days ahead. Until next time, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, good night and keep fighting for freedom.